Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. to Wildfire Radio, Small Bites. I'm Donato Marino with DNLB, the Barista Service. And I'd like to welcome a special guest, John Dorenzo. Hello, hello, Small Bites. It's been a while. I haven't been in studio. Yeah, and congratulations on your new position Thank at uh, Crab Du Jour. Thank you. I appreciate that. I would say it, but I think I would run out of airtime, your, your title. Uh, I'm the corporate executive chef of National Operations. And uh, in the meantime, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Crab your, du jour. your big career move? Well, if you haven't visited one of our restaurants, we are a national seafood um, chain and restaurant and bar. We have about 80 locations open right now from uh, Connecticut all the way down to Miami. We're uh, centrally located in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Uh, We're out in Chicago. Uh, We're popping up out west a little bit. We're concentrating on... um, um, Miami now and Florida. So we have four new locations that are coming soon to that area down there. I just um, visited and came home. I think we have John on the line. No. no? So uh, we are, like I said, seafood, uh, Cajun boil. Where do you live? Where are you? Do we have one near you? Yeah, yeah we're, I live, uh, you have one on Route 42. Okay. And It's uh, a dine-in? It's dine-in. Dine-in. Uh, not a full service because okay. it doesn't have a liquor license. Gotcha. But the food, regardless, is the, yeah. the, the boils are phenomenal. I always get the family boil. Nice. So we do Cajun seafood boils, if you're not familiar out there. We do uh, crab legs, your choice, uh, shrimp, uh, black mussels, green mussels. That's our signature dish. And the way it works is you simply purchase by the pound. Yeah. We boil it for you with our special seasoning, your choice of three different seasonings. Comes out in a unique bubble package when it comes to the table. We have a, a unique delivery package. It keeps the flavor in, keeps the freshness in. The server can toss it right at the at your table. Yeah, I, I like the presentation right. when it comes to the table. You Super open up delicious. the bag. You smell. It's like you're getting a sauna of butter. Right. Well, it's, and it's all about the carryover cooking. As we do that, because as the food is in that bubble, it's actually still cooking and and seasoning as it's coming to the table. We do po' boys. We have uh, a lot of fried fish baskets. All of our fish and chicken is breaded to order. And uh, yeah, I had to be. I have to say that the only thing I have tried right now, which is my favorite, right? is the boils. Okay, I had the uh, crayfish one, yeah, which is very good. Yeah, the, the dungeons, 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 all fresh fish. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. we we uh, we sell a lot of crab, a lot of Alaskan king crab, a lot of snow crab, a lot of dungy crab. So, dungy meaning dungeness. Yeah, how can you go wrong? You can't go wrong, right? With that little garlic butter sauce and all the fixings on the side, we're popping up all over. We just opened up in East Nart. Oh, we have our first guest. I'm so sorry, Karen Lee. Karen Lee, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, no problem. It sounds really good what you're talking about. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> you're we're making just, me hungry. We were just trying to fill. <laughs> we were waiting for our, uh, our correspondent. So tell us a little bit about, uh, is it Trillium Food and Nutrition and, and Hope for the Warriors Coffee program? Yeah, so I'm here representing Hope for the Warriors, which is the um, beneficiary organization with our relationship with Trillium. So um, actually earlier this year, actually late last year, I should say, um, they came to us and they wanted to give back to a veteran cause, and um, they picked Hope for the Warriors. And so um, they uh, developed actually three varieties of K-Cups that have our logo on it and proceeds from the sale of those K-Cups go to our mission. Exactly what, sorry, exactly what does the uh, the Hope for the Warriors do for the uh, the vets? 
Great. Well, I'm glad you asked because we do a lot. Um, but we serve our post-9-11 warrior community. And so to us that are that's, um, active service members, veterans, and military families. So we group them all together because our mission and the work that we do involves the entire military family. And our goal is to restore self, family, and hope to that community um, post-service. So do you do, um, I guess, medical as well as housing? We do a lot of things. So what uh, what we do is we uh, really take an individual approach in our um, in serving uh, in serving our veterans. So when they come to Hope for the Warriors, they come with usually a critical need or immediate need, and they talk to our um, intake coordinators who really get to know each individual and uh, what it is that, you know where they are in their journey, um, whether that's um, you know either healing from a trauma, um, healing from an injury, or just um, needing to connect back to um, the veteran community, um, something that they may have lost after they left service. So um, when they come to us, we get to know them as individuals, and then we connect them with a program or a service that will help them along in their journey. So, yes, it might include um, talking to a social worker or a clinician to um, receive maybe some mental health treatment. Um, it could be getting... Um, uh, involved in like a physical activity such as running a marathon or um, just really working on their physical well-being. Um, it also could uh, very well be about their financial wellness and uh, finding really you know, meaningful employment after service. So into like the civilian workplace, we help them um, kind of bridge that um, transition and help them find you know, purpose within the, um, the civilian community. Yeah, well, Karen, it, it sounds like an amazing um, uh, um, uh, organization. organization. Yeah. And what I mean, you service thirty six thousand members, uh, veterans, and military families. That's that's a lot of of people to be helping. It has so that thirty six thousand number has been since we were founded, and we um, our organization was actually chartered on September eleventh in two thousand six. So five years after the oh, September eleventh wow. wow. attacks and the war on terror, um, and we were founded by Marine Corps spouses who they were watching their friends and family members um, come home. You know, they were come home injured, or some of them were not. You know, they were struggling. coming home. They were struggling. Um, yeah. As we would say, struggling, yeah. and um, what you know. What do you do, right? You're seeing your loved ones, um, and you know they're they're in a bad they're in a bad spot, and you know these and these family members just didn't know how to really embrace, you know, because how can you write a book on something like that? So yeah, sure. they bound together and um, and really focused on you know what do these families need right now, and a lot of times that was bedside service, right? Just helping them through. Um, coping with physical injuries, but as the organization has progressed over the last 15 years, really the focus has shifted more into um, you know, mental health and mental wellness and, um, and kind of coupling that mind-body, you know, how the two work together and how do we bridge that and um, within the individuals, but then also to how do we bridge that understanding between the military community and the civilian community and mutual support. Yeah, and military stress is, you know, I know I know people that suffer from it. I, yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone doesn't know someone that, you know, suffers from some type of, if they were in the military, some military stress. And w what a better way to get some support out to those families, you know. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the coffee, though. I want to hear something about what types of coffee and uh, where can we find it. Yeah, so, so this is Adam Hobler. Uh, oh, oh, hey, Adam. Apologies, guys. Like I, I, I had jumped on the call earlier and then I, I <laughs> there was uh I was linked to a different I, I don't know, a different segment or something like that. And I so I apologize for, for coming in. Uh no, no, welcome to have you. Welcome. Thanks for thanks for coming on air. So uh a little bit about the coffee. Where can we find it? What type of blends do you have? Yeah, yeah. So we, we have coffee available for, you know, the, some people are very passionate about their roast, right? So we've oh, got yeah. light roast, yep. medium roast, dark roast. Yep. Um, so we've got different uh, roast profiles. So donut shops are light roast. We have morning blend as our medium roast. French roast is our dark. And uh, we have it available for those. That, I don't know if you have a Keurig machine at home, but we have uh, single serve cups is kind of what we're our lead horse here for Hope for the Warriors. 
Um, then we're going to expand that out into uh, to canisters, bag coffee as well. But right now we're starting with single serve cups, and you can get them in 42 count variety as well, and also uh, an 80 count variety. Wow! And then you also have like. Exactly, yeah, family pack. Yeah. It'll uh, if you're a two cup a day, it'll last you just over it'll a last, month. It'll last me a week <laughs> in my house, just me alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, it's, yeah. No, there's a lot of people. Actually, the fun fact: the average uh, individual drinks two and a half cups of coffee a day. So, really? so you're right there with that average. I'm above average. I'm way <laughs> yeah. above average. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. you also asked like where you'd be able to purchase it. Um, so you can purchase it on Amazon. Uh, VictorAllen.com is another website. So Victor Allen is one of our brands. It's one of the leading national brands, the 12th largest brand in the U.S., primarily sold in the, the value channel. So like your, your big lots and bed, bath, beyonds of the world. Um, and then there's also a, a chain that's picked it up already uh, here in the Midwest called Fleet Farm. And so, um, yeah, if you're, if you're looking to purchase it, we have our sales team continuing to pitch new retailers. We've got some distribution lined up coming soon here. Um, so hopefully it'll be more and more readily available. But we're really excited about the, uh, the partnership with Hope for the Warriors. So, you know, we, we not only want to provide a great cup of coffee, but we also want to support uh, the lives of those who are enjoying those cups of coffee. That's a great idea. Um... I like to throw that out there. If you need a distribution network here in uh, right. Pennsylvania, we, we area, know people. We know people. Right? You know people? Yeah. Okay. No, D- I appreciate it. D- right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DNL Coffee Service in Philadelphia would be more than honored to be able to carry yeah. your brand. Sounds like it. You know a little bit about that company, though. DNL? Yeah. I think it's one of the best companies uh, on wow. the East Coast. There we go. See, we made a connection. Well, yeah. <laughs> Karen and Adam, it's been great having you with us and speaking about Hope for the Warriors, uh, your nonprofit. It's great that you're uh, restoring that sense of family and hope for veterans and service members throughout the country. I really appreciate what you do, and we're going to support you and grab some coffee for you in the yeah, morning. Yeah, definitely. 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 Uh, much appreciated. So we'll have to guys some samples. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get us some samples, right? We'll we'll, we'll check them out. So uh, we'll uh, see you soon, and if not, we'll see you on Amazon. Yep. If you have any uh, contact information you'd like to spread for our listeners to uh, contact you? Um, I mean, like, not necessarily any particular contact information, but if you are interested in purchasing the the Hope for the Warriors cups, there you can jump on Amazon and get it for free, shipped to your house through Prime. There you go. Or uh, go to Vic. VictorAllen.com, um, and it's uh, another spot you'd be able to get it no matter where you are in the country. Great. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you yes, soon. So that was awesome. Get out there and support them. I mean, how about that? What a need right now with all the service members returning. Well, especially with what's going on with Afghanistan. Sure. Hey, I was um, listening to that today. That's yeah, crazy, right? It's, it's crazy what's going on over there. And, and I think if this organization supports the veterans sure. that are over there. I think it's a great, great yeah, it is. Uh, company to they need back it. up and, and, and help they, out service people. Yeah, they need that support. They really yeah, do. If it they, wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here talking to each other. We wouldn't be here. Agreed. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. why this country is as uh, great as it is, is because of our veterans that are out there supporting us. Speaking of coffee, how's business? <sighs> Well, I have to say that you know, DNL is is uh, we're picking up. Good, good. I mean, as everything yeah. reopens and uh, you know people are are going back out and and trying to, I guess, make everything as normal as the, that they can. Right. A sense uh, of normalcy is coming yeah, back. I'm in yeah. the restaurants every day. Yeah. We see it well, getting see busier. It a lot. People are coming out, especially in Miami. People were out. In Philadelphia, they're out. In Jersey, they're out. The, our restaurants yeah. are busy. Uh, you know, things are good. Actually, we were we were steady through the pandemic with takeout. Yeah. Takeout was crazy. You know, people people wanted to still enjoy not cooking at home. But they couldn't get out of the house. Well, let's, let's, let's face it. Uh, we can't always make what the restaurants make. No. That's why they're there. They're right. the experts at, at making something sure. bland, taste great. Yeah, right. That we can't duplicate at home. No, you can't. And you want diversity. Who wants, and, you know, you can't eat the same yeah. food you cook at home all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um well, the, like I said, the nice thing about it is I, 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 I talk to a lot of the, uh, the owners of the restaurants. And, and before it was like, well, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, I can't believe this. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting restaurateurs saying, this is our next step. It's, this is what we have to do. Yeah. They're talking about expanding their businesses. They're yeah. talking about moving forward. Yeah, things are going forward. And they're, things they're, are they're, going. they're investing again in their, in their operations. Right. Where before, they were like, everything was Well, hush. look at my company. My company yeah. is investing yeah. in dine-in restaurants 
up and down the East Coast, spreading out West, and because there's opportunity there, people are returning to dining in, which was something that I necessarily wouldn't have believed at the beginning of the pandemic. I thought it was going to... Um, do a little more damage to the dine-in restaurant industry, but in fact, it created more of an interest and a, a want. People wanted to get back out and get in the restaurants. They want to be entertained. They like the atmosphere, you know? Well, I think helped, as you mentioned, is that takeout helped the restaurant survive. Oh, sure. And outside seating. Sure, where, it changed wherever, the business. The yeah. business has changed forever because the, of it. The business model is, it is. is definitely... It is. Uh, it, it proved it. It has, and you know, we're capitalizing on it where you focus your restaurant around that you know like you know our drivers able to pull up to this building are or can can we get people in and out where do we keep the delivery to go bags and because it's such an important part of the business you know we just went through that in miami we uh we're setting up the front end and we're like hey we forgot where are we going to put all these doordash bags and stuff yeah. so we had to like reconfigure the front end a little bit to to figure it out it's it's busy it's a busy part busy segment you know they take a big percentage but you know you, you do less for the work you don't you know there's no server there's nobody in your building you don't have to service anyone so it's i see the trade the trade-off is is there so, so you think it is a positive yeah, well, trade-off I mean, with the door down. it's about 20 percent when it all comes down to it i know independence out there you guys are probably paying about 30 but national chains can pay 20 or under oh, so they, they do more volume yeah we, obviously you know, obviously so i mean and if you're an independent out there you can beat up doordash and stuff and you can just demand you want a better rate you know say hey and and then just like the cable guy you know how you go from cable to verizon and say call verizon yeah. and say hey i got i got comcast man i how about i switch so you kind of do that to them and they give you a better rate yeah but uh it's the, it's the future of the restaurant business um the virtual brands i've talked about last time we were on we don't have to get into that but now what's going on is virtual brands don't even have to operate their own restaurant they're being ran out of ghost kitchens and national chains yeah, yeah, yeah. so they, they don't even have they, they create a brand and don't even need a kitchen they go to the like, sort of like what kentucky fried chicken did that's what KFC really was. KFC was the first ghost kitchen because what he did was Colonel Sanders, he created a spice and a chicken and went into a local restaurant, a local hotel. And they wanted this. He said, hey, I'll show you how to bread this chicken. You sell it. I want two cents a piece of chicken. Yeah. So he, in, in sense, was one of the first ghost kitchens. Oh, back that's in the interesting. Day. Yeah. They're still operated that way. The KFC brand leases that recipe which is kept very highly secretive uh, off of uh, a separate corporation wow yeah 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 well, how about that? yeah yeah right so they were like was were the first when i was in when i was looking to go into that business i did a lot of research on it and it was i found it very interesting you know well, speaking that. speaking of uh, the crab du jour right and your lady right some locations yep um we're in Ewing Township yeah. down here. We're in Olden Avenue in so Ewing. mostly down we're along Del the Rand. East Coast right now. Mostly in the East Coast. I mean, we're starting to branch out west, but what we're doing now is we're concentrating up and down the East Coast from Connecticut, uh, up or up in New Hampshire, all the way to Miami. We are out in Michigan. Um, we're in Indianapolis. We, uh, I'm looking at the map here because we have so many. We're in Cincinnati. Uh, I've been just recently in Pelham, New York. I've been in Miami. I've been in um, Wilmington. We just opened in Wilmington. We're opening in East Narton. I'll be in Wednesday. I'll be in Coney Island. We're opening one block from, Nation, from wow. Nathan's Famous. Yeah. We have a rooftop bar. Uh, we're uh, uh, two blocks from the beach. Uh, it may be a bit more seasonal of a location, but... What a fantastic location to be. So I'll be up there. We're in Brooklyn. Uh, it's busy. People love seafood. We they found do. that we moved into the Miami Midtown area. We're at 3201 North Miami Avenue. There's not really a seafood restaurant in that down, that Midtown area. It's crazy. So you would think Miami, you're right near the beach, there's yeah, seafood. but be tons of them. It really isn't. There's all different varieties. You got an Asian place. There's uh, you know an American tap room. There's whatever you're looking at. There's a couple pizza. Not pizza from Pennsylvania. And we won't even get That's a whole nother discussion, Miami. Because you guys down there, you're lacking pizza. There is one pizzeria in Miami. Miami. It's owned by a best friend of mine from high school. It's called A Little Bit of Philly. He's right near the airport. His name's Patrick Shepard, PJ Shepard. I'll give you a shout out. If you're in that area and you're looking to get decent, um, and, you know, no offense to Miami pizza, they make 
traditional Italian style, European style pies. But I'm from Philly and we like pizza, you know, yeah. our style pizza. Yeah. And I eat pizza almost every day. I eat it at least four days a week. I eat I pizza. I love pizza. I eat it twice, but four I eat, days. I do. I was on the keto diet for a while and didn't touch it. Now I'm kind of dirty yeah, keto. I remember, yeah, I remember you were, you were, right. you were putting it on Facebook, all the right, different pizzas right. you were making. Well, I thought this guy was on this special diet and he's making all these different pizzas. Well, that was testing for business, so we call that... We call that testing for business. <laughs> uh, I got to remember that phrase. <laughs> I was thinking about going in the ghost kitchen. I was going to open a pizza, pizza, ghost pizza spot. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. But um, what we have going on special with Crab Du Jour is we have a new concept we're starting. We're taking over the location at 1000 Frankfurt Avenue. It's the old Mad Rex building yeah. directly across from the casino. And what we're doing there is a little different of a menu. So I had the honor to be able to create a menu for the chain. Uh, I, I do a lot of menu items and uh, new things we're doing and uh, new new. Creole style and Cajun style things, bringing like a, a diversity to the menu. But this is a whole new animal for us. It's a little more upscale. It's not white tablecloth, but it's a little more upscale of a restaurant. Uh, it's going to be called The Fin. The Fin. Yeah. And uh, if you're familiar with the Mad Rex building, it's a gorgeous building, uh, all glass kitchen. Mm. We do a lot of uh, iced fish, so we'll have a lot of our iced fish on display through glass so you could see actually what you're ordering. Oysters, five different varieties ah, of okay. oysters, uh, holes, red snappers, all, all of our yeah, chilled seafood. It took, it took me a while to, to appreciate oysters. Oysters? Yeah. I love them now. Yeah, yeah, same here. But when I great first Cape May salts. Yeah. I've learned a lot about them working for Crab Du Jour because we buy a lot of seafood. We're, we're uh, I could imagine. a lot with all the locations we have, you know. So I, I've learned a lot about the oysters. I love them. They're all different. Yeah, oysters. they are. You can taste, you can taste the difference you can taste, in, the, in the different ones. You really can. I would have never thought. It's like when you say, when somebody said that before, I'm like, yeah, you can't taste. The guy said he tastes mushroom, hint of mushroom in an oyster. Yeah. You can. You can. You can. That's you why can. I always get a, I say a variety pack, but every time they sure. have samplers, I always... Two or yep. three of each of the the yep. oysters they have from the different regions. Sure, the and then United you order States. twelve of the one you want. Yeah, yeah, you order a six sampler. You figure the ones you want. Yeah. I like the Ichiban. I like the Japanese ones. I don't think I've ever but had they're them. Smaller. I like less of a meaty oyster. Okay. Myself, I like. You know, you, you can get the Louisiana ones. They're real fat and meaty. They're good for making soup stews. Yeah. Uh, they're good. You know what the oysters are good in? Uh, your turkey stuffing for Thanksgiving. Oh. Oysters in there. It's great. Great. Never had it. A little sausage and oyster stuffing. Yeah. It's great. It's delicious. Uh, that's what they're good for, like chowder clams. The bigger clams are good for making chowder. Um, but, yeah, tons of oysters. We found in uh, Miami a lot of oysters, a lot of fresh. They're definitely into the on-the-ice seafood yeah. down there. Yep. Now I know your bar, the ones that have a, a, a bar, right. have a great selection of beers. We do, yes. And I had beers. one that was a New Orleans style raspberry beer. I don't it? know. I'm I'm a I'm the sh I'm the kitchen guy. Our our national GM, he's our beverage manager. He's uh, uh, Jeffrey Schroth. He he's the one that would know yeah. all about them. I he, uh, he he always hits me with, "Hey, try this," and it's delicious. We had some grapefruit beer on tap. It's yeah, lower it was a fruit beer I had yeah. with the boil, oh, and I was man. like, "Fruit beer with the boil." No, but it's delicious. I tried it. It was. I had two glasses. It's delicious. It's delicious. It's you would. It's lighter in alcohol, and it's so refreshing for the summer with the fish like that with the you know with that butter yeah, that cajun yeah. butter i mean you can almost taste it right the citrus comes out in it so it's it's paired well with the seafood yeah it really is yeah, because normally i would never drink a raspberry beer right I, I, i'm pretty sure it was raspberry yeah. it was the beer that was okay. on tap okay and it was from new orleans yeah and it, it went we went well very very well together with the seafood he's doing an amazing job pairing because he was a food and beverage manager or a beverage manager i believe at one of the casinos he's been doing it a long time uh we were just in florida he took me him and i and a few of the other um servers and manager we went to uh, focal brewing where they're brewing a beer that we're going to have on uh on tap for us, uh, a special collaborative beer. Go oh, down Yeah, that Jeff is designing. Uh, he's going to collaborate with them, and we're going to come up with a menu, uh, a recipe, and they're going to brew a beer for us in a sixel. Oh, nice. beer. Yeah, definitely. So, and then if it works, they may we may be able to get it up here. Okay. So, 
Yeah, we're working on that. And uh, they do a lot with uh, craft beers, mostly a lot of draft beer, more than bottle. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I know you had, uh, like I said, a great selection of oh, different yeah. beers on tap. I, unfortunately, with the drinking laws, you can only have a few. Sure. And be when able to make it home. When yeah, you're out. Of yeah, the days of the growler yeah, went they, away. If they put a bed there next to the, right. I, I would have to be able to try a, a few of them. Well, we have, uh, we do have some of our ex- our locations are express, yeah, which are self-explanatory. They're small to go pick up locations, uh, but um, I would say more than half of them are dine-in, and uh, about twenty-five percent of them have a sizable bar. You know, Miami's our largest bar so far, and then um, uh, our Fishtown location. Even though it's not a crab du jour, it'll be a, a large bar as well. It's a beautiful building in there. We're rehabbing. The Rex. Oh yeah. yeah, it won't. It, it's not. Doesn't resemble the old Mad Rex. We. Our construction team has done an amazing job on demo and getting our design team in there. And Do you have it already all? Well, no, we're, we're getting there. I mean, yeah. we're opening several restaurants at a time. So our owners are very aggressive. Uh, they're, they're super knowledgeable what they do as far as uh, stamping out um, new units. And it's Jeff and I's job to get those units open, running properly, staffed. I take care of menu and kitchen. Jeff takes care of front of the house, liquor license, all that, and, and the training staff and hiring and uh, comes together. But we definitely have a strong uh, team going forward. Yeah, I can imagine finding staff for your restaurant uh, at these times must be very, very difficult. It's difficult because, you know, we use Indeed. We use all the online um sites that assist you with that but you know what's going on now is uh, you know with the with the checks everyone's getting they're still staying home uh, but they have to say hey i looked for a job today so we'll get 100 people say they're coming for an interview and we'll have ready for this four show up yeah and usually the four get hired, but we needed 25. Yeah. We're having that issue now. And if anybody's out in East Norton area, uh, Narstown, we are opening there. We're looking for servers. We're very aggressive on pay. Uh, it's possible they're even offering a bonus like we were in Miami. So you can go to our website, crabdejour.com, and look under locations and call that individual location, ask for the general manager, and see if we can get you a serving job. Because, you know, our food's good. The tickets are high. The servers make yeah. money. So if you're a server or a bartender and you're looking for a job and we got one for you at Crab Du Jour, uh, go to our map on our website and uh, I guarantee we have a restaurant in your vicinity. Yeah, and then being an upcoming upcoming company, yeah. the the potential of promotion sure. is must be tremendous. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. Like uh, we're I ready. Mean, you're going from eighty something to over two hundred in the but next in couple the next, of years. In the next year and a half we'll have two hundred units plus the fin that we're opening uh in Fishtown, they plan on opening one in every major city. Yeah. So we're going to rebrand one of our restaurants. If if it's if not if when it's a success in Philly, we're going to rebrand one of our restaurants. I believe in Florida. We're also looking at a location in Manhattan because the company's focus right now is getting us IPO on the stock market. So the suits. And the lawyers are taking care of all that. We operate as a food group right now. So we have 80 restaurants that operate as a food group. We have 400 owners. It's, it's, it's a lot yeah, of moving yeah, yeah. parts. So um, we're going to franchise that. And then um, our corporation will be uh, will trade on stock market. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a, big, yeah. a big nut to, uh, they're, to, they're, to, to uh, try to run. I mean, it's, it's, the, the cogs in that must well, be incredible. You know, the teams are in place. And that's what it's about. You surround yourself with good people. We, we have an excellent on the boots on the ground management team with me and Jeff and our behind the scenes uh, suits, I like to call them. They, they got that going on, too. I mean, they're stamping them out. We're hanging coming soon signs everywhere. And we go in very aggressively. And we don't just go in and brush the tables off. We gut our restaurants and we do it right. Brand new equipment, brand new decor, brand new staff, brand new, you know, concept menu design. Sometimes it's better just to be able to do that. So sure, um, sure. So you, there's, there's no uh, guesswork. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. You know what you're putting in, and you exactly. know what you, you're going to expect of the yep. operation. Yep. And it's it's fun going in, opening these restaurants, doing these grand openings. You know, I I'm having a great time doing it. I enjoy meeting great people up and down the East Coast, and uh, it's really. Uh, 
interesting to be back in the food business after a little time off. And uh, I, you yeah, know, I, you were doing acting for a while. Yeah, I did the acting thing for a while, and and then I was in the bicycle business for that, and then uh, my uh, for a couple of years on QVC as the guest host. So I, I that brought me a little bit back into the food thing. You guys yeah. corresponding yeah. here because I was in you know all the grand openings in Philly. I was getting me in back in the business a little, you know. But you get burned out in this business, and I did a long time in it, so I had to take five or six years off, and you know. And now you're back. And right now I'm back, and I love it. I like it. I like it in the capacity I'm in. I and not, not as the owner. I, right, I, I, right, I, right. I love I love my job. That's great. Yeah, it's a I great mean, job. I'm sure you got some long hours. Long hours are the hours are long. My title is long, and you would think it's a desk job, <laughs> and it is. I have desk duties, but I'm also grinding the kitchen. Yeah, because you know, well, you got to make sure it runs right. Well, we have brand new staffs. Yeah, and part of my job is to go in there, and what we do is we train a couple of the key staff members in the kitchen at other locations, and then we bring them in, but they still need to be trained at their own location. And, you know, the kitchen has to be set up for what I like to say feng shui. Everything has to be in arm's reach and kind of work, you know, and that's very important. Be able to get your food in the window, well, hot, the timing, fresh, The fast. timing is, right. is very important because if not right. if the food sits there, it's right. going to get mushy. It's going to get you know, wilted, whatever yes. you want to call it. Well, you got multiple facets you have now. It's what you didn't have years ago because you have such an influx of to-go food. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. So you don't even, I mean, you have a 200-seat restaurant, but really... You got forty five percent of your business is takeout. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're popping out a two hundred seat restaurant. That's great, just like you were in the nineties. But now you got you know 200. another hundred more covers or more because it's all this to go. Because think about it, years ago it didn't exist. Yeah, that that's why I'm okay. Very little to right. go. I'm a restaurant tours get mad at the thirty percent and the twenty percent for DoorDash. Why? It's 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 all auxiliary business. You just you, you you dumb it down. You streamline it, and you get the food out in the, out of, out the door. It's 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 actually great, <laughs> I, you know, to give them twenty percent to handle everything they handle. That's what the restaurateurs don't understand. Yeah, that's the way you're describing it. Now it makes yeah. more sense. Oh well, yeah, I was in the same boat. I'm saying no. You want thirty percent? Yeah, but, oh, but how am I supposed all to make any doing, money? Think all they're doing. They're nationally advertising your, or or regionally advertising your menu. They're picking up your food. They're delivering it. They're handling a lot of the customer complaints. Some of them, and you know, it's 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 great. It's I think I think I think they're they're under they're paid well for what they do yeah well, that's great to hear yeah yeah and uh now we're going to go to we got our next guest coming up yes guest is coming up good she's uh i think originally from hawaii if i'm correct i'm actually originally from cameroon but i live in hawaii now well, best of both worlds is it yes so we have with us uh, Africa. Um, is it Voon? Yoon. Yoon. Like Moon with a Y. Okay. Okay. So we were reading your story. I see you're a runner. I see you have an amazing diet. I see you collaborated on a fantastic book. Tell us a little bit about your book and your journey. Well, actually, at the time, my book is a memoir. And at the time ah. of uh, the book's most exciting time i was in jersey i was a good jersey girl what you were yeah. not here we're, we're close. Okay. yeah i was on east coast right, Philly. Right. yep yep i was a jersey voice. girl yeah. i hear it in your voice Go i ahead. was i was a tail i was a i was a um I was a ham, egg, and cheese, not Taylor ham. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you even know about yeah. that. That's great. You can't find it. Where do you live now? Yep, I do. The little, um, now I live in Hawaii, which is uh, kind of always my secret dream. But, okay, okay. Um, the Korean actually st- starts in Jersey. I was, I was, you know, I was an activist. I was, like, really overweight. I wanted to get married and have kids, but I was, like, depressed and kind of a hot mess. Right. And my mother had a Korean friend from church and she had taken her to this place where they did like all these like healing treatments and they let you lie on these like hot beds. So I wasn't feeling very well. And I went looking for that place and the place was closed. And while I was at this little mini mall, um, I there was like a bakery right inside, and so the this Korean lady was giving samples of this like bread, this buttercream bread, 
and I was eating it, and I don't know if you can say ASS on radio, but sure. my <laughs> ASS was eating it and loving it. Uh, <laughs> like, right. like I was just like I was taking more samples than like you're really supposed to take. So I'm like, yeah, definitely, I'm gonna buy this bread. Like, how much is it? And I'm negotiating with this bakery lady. When all of a sudden I hear somebody going, "You are too fat. Oh, like, ooh. don't eat that bread." And I'm like, you know, I'm Jersey at the time. Yeah, yeah your head <laughs> snapped around. Aloha, so I, <laughs> yeah, but I got your head snapped around like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I turn around, and there was this old Korean grandmother there. So, of course, I have to be, like, respectful, right? Right. So I'm like, oh, wow, like, this, this lady is just dogging me. Like, wow, she's just out here. <laughs> So, I mean, I grew up at the United Nations, and so I just always ask questions. I learned from my dad, who was a diplomat, to always ask, like, questions. So I said to her, well, since you know everything that I shouldn't eat, what do you think I should eat? And she said, Korean food. Wow. And, of course, I was a little pushier, and I was like, all right, oh, okay. Like, I've heard of Korean food. Like, what exactly? And <laughs> And there was this grocery store called H Mart. They have it in Philly too. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. All yeah. Over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there was this grocery store, H Mart, and uh, she took me in and took me grocery shopping and literally filled my basket with so many, so much produce, you know, like <laughs> all this different like variety of produce and korean sides because they sell like pre-made korean sides there yes they eat like so a bunch of little I, sides right with each meal it's like it's like side it's it's like side heaven yes, and all of yes, their sides yeah. a lot of their sides are made of vegetables oh wow um yeah so when the when the book you know really like opens up and gets to the meat of it um you the the korean book you find me like at this grocery store and and so i i was i couldn't but first of all the best thing i liked was like the price you know like i had all this produce yeah, for like and the price bucks. was so inexpensive <laughs> yeah i was like wait, wait wait i'm gonna shop here like no matter what like i can't even believe that this is under 100 bucks and this lady like filled my cart with so much stuff you know what i mean so that was like the first thing and then i asked her you know like so do you you come here every week at this time you know kind of like shy I was like kind of like like at the club you're like you come here often so I'm like, you come here often? And she was like, yeah, every Sunday after church. And I was like, do you mind if I come here sure. at that time yeah. and meet you and grocery shop? So Interesting. we grocery shopped basically every Sunday after church. And I ended up losing 110 pounds in a year. Wow. That's incredible. How, how did you learn? To, was it the normal yeah. cook, normal cooking methods? You Or did you have to learn new cooking well, so methods? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, like, at that time, like, I was really lucky. I mean, you know, now, like, there's all these, like, meal deliveries of, like, your thing. Yeah. I was really lucky that they have so much, like, pre-made stuff. So I didn't really have to, like, fuss about making this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I could just buy it. And then the biggest thing is, like, I had watched, like, an episode of uh, uh, the Oprah Winfrey show, um, around that same time, and Dr. Oz, who didn't even have a show at that time, he was talking about this raw vegan diet. Like, oh, you know, he was like, he had a whole big bag of like a basket of like all these raw vegetables, and he was like, if you eat all these raw vegetables, you'll lose weight. And I, I, was I remember like, that. I remember what? that. Yeah, totally. And he didn't have a show. I actually met him at a party, like, and he didn't even have a show yet, but um. So, yeah, so Dr. Oz had said that, and I was like, oh, wow. And it was about that same time that that lady had, like, filled my basket with all this, like, raw produce. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, all right, I'm going to try this, like, raw thing. But at the same time, I was shopping at this grocery store with this lady. So I was kind of, like, flavoring my raw food with the Korean side. Okay. Okay. Well, what, what were some of the— In particular, kimchi. Yeah, I was going to say, what were some of the well, sides? Well, in particular, yeah. I ate— uh, in particular, I ate a lot of kimchi, and at first, I didn't even realize that like kimchi wasn't vegan. I wasn't really paying att pen attention that kimchi wasn't like 
vegan because it has fish sauce. I mean, it's mostly vegan, but it does have some oh, fish does it? I didn't know sauce that. inside I, of it. Yeah, wow. Interesting. Yeah, see, like, neither did I. I didn't really, like, I wasn't, like, a label reader at that <laughs> at that time. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I didn't really realize it for a while. I just was eating it. But by the time I realized that it wasn't vegan, even though I was being vegan on everything, like, as pretty much everything else, even though I think nobody's a hundred percent vegan, like it's so impossible. Like there's so many things like that. You don't even know, but for the most part, I was, you know, like in my consciousness, I was vegan, but by the time I realized it had like fish sauce and when I was more reading the labels and stuff like that, the effects of kimchi on my body were like so great that I was like, I'm not, not going to eat this. You know, I'll be like yeah. vegan except like for kimchi, you know, mm-hmm. but I was eating, the biggest thing, I mean, the biggest thing I would say is, like, I was just eating so much more, like, variety of produce. Like, you know, you kind of have, like, you we kind of know, like, spinach and broccoli and all of these things. But at the Korean grocery store, there's, like, seven different kind of mushrooms. There's, like, six different kind of squash. There's just, like, so, so much more, more you know. More variety. Um, more variety. Vegetables. Yeah, so you can kind of like mix it up with the with the vegetables, um, and then I was just eating the sides on the side of that. I didn't actually learn how to, and I was fussy. I started like, I started like reading the label and then like trying to like make stuff myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, Because yeah. everything that comes in there you know, on their sides, like they have the label like with the basic ingredients, not really like a label with every single thing that's in there, but just like it's like yeah. salt fish water this you know what i mean and then a question mark and then a question mark right yeah we don't know right, right, right. so i mean it was a, a, a long time ago i mean and even that like back then i was just thinking of like how like you know food trends you guys know like food trends right, right. like when i would even tell people like hey like i'm eating like you know kimchi like nobody even was knowing what that was like that time you know yeah now you have like bts and all of this like korean invasion of things now people are so interested definitely in more mainstream that, like yeah. what i'm exactly they're like more interested in like what i'm eating whereas like it, like back back you know 10 years ago even like nobody really when I, if I, I just, they were just like, oh, you're vegan. You know what I mean? They right. weren't like interested in the Korean part. Of well, it, now, you know? now but, as, as um, in the restaurants, you see vegan on menus, you know, it's becoming more prevalent. And yeah, even vegan. Exactly. Even vegan wasn't really like, people were like still yeah. kind of weirded out by like, like vegan, you yep, know, it was yep. kind of the beginning of like even vegan becoming more, you know, popular and like, you know, they started you started seeing like all those you know kind of like fake meats but you know in my book it it, it, and even me like uh, my book actually i started writing the korean like i ended up marrying a korean guy so yeah and then like i did have kids yeah like five years later i marry a korean guy and so then now like korean food is like a huge part of my life. Like even when I, I was making food, I was still like eating kind of that Korean style when I met him. And he, like on our first, when he came to my house the first time to eat, like he thought I did it for him. Oh, you were probably like, no, I eat yeah. like this all the time. And he's like, get the, yeah. you don't eat like this all the time. That is a funny story. Yeah. But you, um, yeah, exactly. You partnered with, yeah. Uh, so I, I actually, yeah, with Marja. Well, right. Marja came into the picture because, uh, so I married this Korean guy, like, whatever, and then I, I have kids, and then uh, after my second pregnancy, I lose a baby, and after my second uh, pregnancy, I get sick, right? Yeah, so I was sick, and I wasn't really, like, around Korean grocery store at that time, and, like, then we moved, and I started watching Marja's show with um, Jean-Georges, um, their show um, where she was, like, exploring you know, Korean cuisine, like Kimchi Chronicles, it was called on PBS. I start like rewatching that show, but now I'm like married to a Korean guy. Like it's more like I'm paying more attention, you know? Um, 
so I start like watching her show like while I'm sick, and then I'm like, you know what? I start thinking about the old lady again, you know. But now I wasn't vegan anymore because my um, my father-in-law is a doctor, and he sort of like at that time was like suggesting that like maybe I just add fish, a little meat and fish to my diet, and I did, and it, and and so now I was like exploring like the rest of the cuisine, you know, because I was only eating like vegetables. So now I was like exploring like fish and meat. And so I was watching Marja and Jean-Georges' show, and um, literally she they made this seafood soup, and I followed it, and I was, like, eating this soup. And I told my husband, I was like, I wasn't feeling well, and I was like, please, just go buy me all the seafood you can find, okay? <laughs> Don't worry what it is, just buy it all, right? And so, and because that's kind of like, as chefs, that's how they were approaching it, like, they weren't so strict on recipe. They were kind of like making things their own. And I was like, okay, me too. So I started like making her recipes and I, and at that time, like Instagram and food just exploded. So there was like more following food, you know, I even started following this chef from Philly, Chris Cho. Do you guys know him? Uh, I don't, I don't personally know. No, but I'll check him out. Chris Cho. Well, Yes, he's so, he's like getting really big now. I, he, but back then, he didn't even have like that many followers. He has a restaurant in Philly called Thorable, and his um, oh well, his is Thorable too. And his dad is a chef and had a restaurant, a Korean restaurant, in Philly too. And now he like totally like blew up. But back then, he didn't have that many followers. And I was following him. I was following Re- Chef Roy Choi, David Chang. I started following Interesting. like yeah. you know yeah. Korean food. Mm-hmm. And 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 Marja, I was watching her show, so I was like getting influenced by these chefs, and then I started really like making Korean food again, and it was like again my body just started healing from it, like so, I just felt like alive from it again. So you two hooked so up. You that's two how hooked Marja got involved because I emailed her. Yeah. So, yeah, we did, and I just emailed. I was like, I just want to say thank you so much for your show. Like it's awesome, and it's you know, like it changed my life. You know what I mean? And we just were talking like that back and forth. So when I finally finished my book, I asked her if she would write the forward. And she was like, yes. So I was like, yay. Very cool. Because it was nice. nice. I mean, yeah, it's nice. You know, we all have our chefs and stuff that we love, right? And then if you contact them and they're like, not a nice person, it's kind of like, wah, wah. You know what I mean? Like, dang, I'm eating all your food and you're not that nice. But like, she ended up being so cool, so warm. And, um, just so like, that's how it came about that she wrote my forward yeah. to the book. Tell us about your app. Oh, my God. So my app, right? Like, I don't feel like I have the right to do, like, a Korean traditional, like, cooking book. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm African. Well, I don't know. You sound like it. Like, Go ahead. I know. Like, I just feel like there's so many Korean chefs out there that I don't, like, you could look up one of their recipes. But, like, this app teaches you, like, like makes you go through the motions of making it, minus, like, the measurements. And it's also for my, it was for my kids, too, just to, like, they were playing all these cooking games. And I was like, oh, I want them to, like, learn Korean food, too, because I'm always making Korean food. So I made this app, and basically it walks you through, like, every single step of you know, some of my favorite recipes. Um, so you can kind of like practice, you can chop, it's kind of ASMR. It's like, it's really, it's really cool. It's called Korean cooking friends and it's like available. No, we can download it. App store. Okay. Korean cooking friends. You heard yeah, that guys. You download download it. I work for a company that's Korean Chi- cooking friends. That's Chinese owned and it's a, it's a restaurant. Uh, a restaurant chain so a lot of our chefs are Chinese and I'm finding it very interesting learning their cooking techniques and mixing them with traditional American techniques to create some of our cuisine exactly oh my god I love that I love that exactly and it's like all these and in my game even in Korean cooking friends like even in the like I have different folds from different cultures because we have a mixed race family so it's not like a korean cooking game where it's just all even korean people it's like there's like you know at the end it's like there's like a mixed korean black kid there's like the 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 main character is like a a korean black 
you know, like my is green and black, like my kids. I'm in the kitchen. Like, you don't see me, yeah. but you see my hand, like my little brown hand telling <sighs> you where to put stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, like, so it's, it's just all about, I really feel like embracing culture and like exactly what you said, like this, like mixing of culture is like really the key, not just like for me for health, but I think for us, like getting along as a whole, um, is just like understanding about each other and, and food is like the best way to like embrace a new culture, right? Yeah, definitely, yes, definitely. Food, food can bring cultures together, agreed. Yeah. I'm yeah. having a great time mixing the two, as I'm yeah. sure you did. Now, let me ask you a question. Of all the, the food that you prepare, yeah. what is your one to go to food that you prefer cooking? Every day? It doesn't have to I be eat, every day, I eat but kimchi every day. Yeah, I think my favorite thing is um, kimchi, and then because um, it's like it's old school, you know. Like, uh, what's your what's your background? Donato, you're Italian, you're right? Italian, you got two yeah. Italians here. Yeah. You got two Italians here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I live in Italy too, so I'm like, I'm always attracted to like traditional like stuff because I feel like there's lessons when you cook it, and when you make kimchi, it takes like four days to get it done yeah. like i mean it takes one day to do it and then four days for it to happen so i would say that kimchi like kimchi is my favorite thing to make it's like the thing that affects my health the most um but i also think that like it's it's the most traditional thing and i just love traditional things and i and 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 i love the process and having my kids see like you know, like their mother doing something traditional in the kitchen. So I think kimchi. Kimchi, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, because uh, yeah, kimchi sure. is, is fermented and not, I mean, not everybody is a fan is, is of a fan it, of right? Kimchi. Yeah, I, it's, it's acquired. Yeah. You, have to, yeah. you have to, you start small. You have, I think you start small. I mean, I've had it. I don't mind. I mean, I've, I've eaten a lot of different foods. Sure. And, and uh, I always yeah. try something at least once. Well, give us a couple examples of ways we wouldn't think of utilizing There's some kimchi. other things. Um, well, they, they have it. I mean, besides it being like on the side and the side dishes all the time, there's like kimchi chige, which is a stew that you make with pork belly. Okay. So if you're into pork belly, yeah. <laughs> are you into pork oh, belly? Oh, definitely. I, I, yeah. 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 Who's yeah. not? Who's not? Try right. eating kimchi with some pork belly because it, mm-hmm. it's like, Mm-hmm. Hog malls. That's what pork bellies are yes. called. Hog malls. Yeah. Yeah. So like, they have kimchi chige, and like, I think like if you think of it, I think right now like in the grocery store, like kimchi is like this standalone thing that you feel like, oh, I'm gonna eat this thing, but like you forget that it's like married to, to an entire Every, yeah, culture, culture. You know right. what I mean? It right. go. It's it's it, it's getting eaten with like a bunch of other things. Like it's not just only like in a jar. Right. So it's kind of like the first thing that you found. So if you just find it and you don't really have any context for it, you kind of will be like, uh, what? Are, like I just eat this or what? You know. But you know, you can put it into stew. You can stir fry it and make a rice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so, think yeah. it's a good base. It, it, it really is. It really is used a million different ways. Like, you can make kimchi pancakes out of it. So I would urge, like, you to, like, just even look up Chris show. He makes it so easy to, like, make, like, his stuff is, like... You know, and he has, he's like, he's so Philly. He's like, John is he? this, I'm definitely going to check him out. Yeah. Uh, so on top of you being. You got it to at Chris, Jeff, Chris Joe. I'll check him and out. he will give you like some good recipes on like how to make stuff like really fast. But I think the big thing is to understand that kimchi, while it is a standalone thing, is part of like a huge amount of like use in other recipes. I'm going to reach out to Chris, tell him you sent me. Hey, you're a writer and an activist, but you're also a, somewhat of an athlete, right? You're a runner? Well, yes. Um, well, yeah, my dad was an Olympian. I talk about this really? in the Korean book. My father was an, yeah, my father was a triple jumper. And he went to the Olympics before becoming an ambassador to the United Nations. So sport was like a really, really, really big part of my life, which was why it was so surprising to most people that I, um, that I like gained weight because I was so active. Um, but yeah, I did. Once I did get my health back, I started running. I ran from New York to Chicago. I started doing, um, ultras, 
and I was raising awareness while uh, I was doing it. So I ran from New York to Chicago. I started wow. at the UN. I ended at Oprah Winfrey Studios. I ran from Italy to France. I ran uh, like in Cameroon and South Africa during the World Cup. So I was running for a couple of years there. I was like Black Forest Gump for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I was definitely, I was definitely Black uh, Forest Gump. My brother used to be like, when. Yeah, my, my there was like a there was a moment. I think I had like a red rain jacket or something <laughs> like that, and I was running like I was riding in Pennsylvania. Hello, you know how big Pennsylvania is. Like my family was calling me, like, oh, okay, like where are you now? Like for I would be like Pennsylvania. They'd be like, oh, oh, where are you now? I'd be like, oh, Pennsylvania. They'd be like, are you okay? Like are. And I was like, no, Pennsylvania is huge. It's huge. I was like, you really like don't understand. It takes a minute to run across Pennsylvania. Like, but my brother was like, yo, you're really actually starting to look like Forrest Gump. There was like some Jews in um like I got my own day in Harrisburg, PA, and like they the like ABC News was covering it and I was wearing like the hat and like kinda like a poncho and my my brother was like, Yo, you're kinda like, like Forrest Gump for real. <laughs> you turned into Forrest Gump. So, That's yeah. a story. That is you a heck of a story. Proud. Yes. Yeah, so Yeah. But all of these little the, all these stories are, are you can find it in the Korean book and um and it's been quite an adventure and I just think like embracing culture, whether it's like meeting people from Philly and embracing Philly culture or Korean culture or African culture or just like looking outside yourself to see like what somebody else's life is about could really lead you down like an amazing path. Oh, that's that's great stories that you have. And uh, it was really great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on our yeah. show. And if you'd like to yeah, give us any media. Yeah, where can we find your book? Uh, yeah, sure. If, yeah, you can go to thekoreanbook.com, thekoreanbook.com, or you can just come on IG at Africa Yoon and all my Africa, like the continent, A-F-R-I-C-A, Yoon, Y-O-O-N, on on Instagram, and all my links and stuff to everything are there. Africa, it's been a real pleasure yeah. having you. I really, really appreciate you calling in. And Thank we, you, guys. We, we wish you I continued success, you. and we hope to talk to you again. Okay, bye, you guys. Bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. That was a great story. She's awesome. I yeah, love her. Yeah. Right? What a great story. And then I'm like thinking she's just a runner. Yeah. And she's like, well, my dad was an Olympian. Olympian. And she like, ran from here to there. Yeah. yeah. Across Pennsylvania. Right? I mean, I, I ran across Philadelphia. Right? Well, you're not running both. nowhere right now. Oh, no. That's true. But how's the, the, how's the knee? How's the knee's the knee? coming along good. Good. It's, good. it's you look rehab. You rehab. Look I, lost some, I lost some weight. I think, yeah, you did. did good for you. About 10 pounds. Okay. Okay. Um, but the, the key thing, and not, not to get away from food, but the key thing is you got to do your rehab you do you got to stretch even it. though it hurts it, yeah you got to stretch those ligaments and yep. muscles and whatever else they had to move to put that new uh knee joint in yeah sure and uh, the doctor told me it's going to take six months wow and uh well, so far it's been a month and a half and you can join africa on her next uh, yeah i'll run know. behind her yeah <laughs> i really enjoy talking to her all of our guests tonight were great actually yeah. the call uh the warrior coffee what a great I just went up the road, got a coffee, and they had all K-Cups in a little convenience store. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. K-Cups are, are... Are they popular they, still? They're still very popular, only because, uh, of course, there's a Keurig machine that's out there, and you have to use the K-Cups for it. To, do, do you deal in any of them, K-Cups? I, I, I don't do the K-Cups. Yeah, I, I used to for yeah. a while. It just... Just got too much yeah, for me. Yeah, they're more home use. Yeah, to, to, it's more a home thing, you know. And they were available for the rest. I mean, the restaurants. They were available for the uh, office building. Sure, sure. But I slowly got away from the office uh, coffee service. Just doing the restaurant, yeah, the restaurant, food service, cafe food service was enough. Right. We uh, hope to have you at the Finn. I, like I said, we're going to try and see if we can sit at the table and make a deal. If your numbers are right, now I'm kidding. Make you an offer your account reviews. Yeah. Uh oh. Man. I'll bring Luca Bracci with me. <laughs> We're not signing anything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we'll be open uh, down in Fishtown, uh, 1000 Frankfurt Avenue, hopefully by October, the way it looks. Uh, full bar, full restaurant. 
and uh, I'm excited to be down there. So come visit me. You can find me on social media, John Dorenzo on Facebook or johndorenzo.net. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be doing inside there. Yeah, it's, it looks great. It's, it looks great. We, we stuck with um, a little bit of the Mad Rocks, like post postmodern theme, all of our, our, a lot of metal fish and stuff like that. Yeah. But I love the open kitchen. We took some walls down so you can see the open. If you've been in there before from the bar, you couldn't see that beautiful kitchen. Yeah. So our design team came in and they said, hey, we got to open I this I think an up. open kitchen is, I uh, love it. It says a few things that the place is clean. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can watch us make your food for yes. you. There's yeah. nothing, you know. Sure. Because, you know, he comes out of the kitchen. You don't know what they did to prepare it. Yeah, it, it well, you, have to, you have to have a trust. But to visually see. It, it brings that, people in as part of the experience. A yes. restaurant is an experience. And you're lacking that experience. If food shows are so popular, watching cooking, being part of the experience is so popular that an open kitchen brings that atmosphere. You almost feel like you're part of the action a little bit there. And uh, I have the honor to be, uh, I'm going to be the executive chef there on top of the corporate chef that's for the a great company. honor it you want to give a social media for uh, the I just restaurant did. I'll give, for the restaurant we are crab du jour usa if you uh facebook us or find us on instagram at crab du jour will pop up and uh and if you're looking for a job jour.com. if you're looking for a job get me on social media john dorenzo facebook and i can put you to work yeah i'm uh, donato marino with DNL being a burst of service. You can find me on Facebook or you could email me at dmarino9 at verizon.net. Thank you very much for listening to the show. And we'll see you next week. Derek and unfortunately, will be back next Derek week. will be back, and I will not have a joke for tonight either. Ah, uh, we'll tell a joke real quick. We got a joke. I said one last week, but, you know, what do you call deer with no eyes? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> what do you <laughs> call a deer with no eyes and no legs? I don't uh, know. Still no idea. <laughs> You know what? Let's leave them up to Jackie from now on. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right, everybody. See you next week.